Welcome to season three of Marla by the Numbers, the podcast from the International Association of Fairs and Expositions with your host, Marla Calico, the president and CEO of the IAFE. Podcast number 20 is sponsored by ETIX. Today's guest is Michael Schwartz of the McLean County Fair in Illinois. And the topic is one great idea for a local community partnership. Let's listen in. Welcome, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest on Marla by the Numbers. It's my friend, Mike Swartz. He's from the McLean County Fair in Bloomington, Illinois. Now, Mike and I have known each other quite a while, but I'm going to let him tell you just a little bit more about his background and what he does at the fair. Hi, good morning, Marla. I'm glad to be with you today. Um, my background actually started um, uh, as a County Farm Bureau Assistant Manager here in Illinois, I'm one of uh, 95 across the state. But my real interest here is the County Farm Bureau who I work for, and I'm now the manager, has owned the fairground since 1932. The Farm Bureau Board are the members of the Fair Association. So by default, as an employee, I work for items at the fair. It wasn't until 2004 when I actually became the manager of the, the uh, Farm Bureau that I actually then also became the manager of the McLean County Fair. So unique relationship that actually occurs there. But that, that's how I got thrown in head first into the fair. I was never in 4-H, I was never in FFA. My interest in, I grew up in a small town with 2,200 people. All my rural jobs as a kid growing up was on, on farms and my extended family owned a seed company. So that's how I got my interest in ag. I became an ag teacher of all things with very little bag, ag background, but teaching fit my personality. Agriculture was my greatest interest. So by default, I graduated from the University of Illinois and um, became an ag teacher for one year. Budget cuts came along. They eliminated the ag teacher, the French teacher, the German teacher, an art teacher, and so on. And I was sitting at a grain elevator working in a government program. And I got a call from my future employer, uh, Farm Bureau manager. <clears throat> I worked for him for 16 years. He retired, went through a competitive interview, and therefore ended up as the Farm Bureau Manager and by default, uh, the Fair Manager. Well, that's very interesting. And I learned something new. I didn't know you had that one year of teaching experience, but it makes sense. And, and that's that's really fabulous. So first of all, it is a unique relationship. I think we've only got one other fair in the country that I'm aware of that has a relationship with Farm Bureau, even anywhere close to similar. And that would be the State Fair of Virginia, which is wholly owned by the Virginia Farm Bureau. So this on a county level is very interesting. The fact that it's been happening since the 1930s, I think is phenomenal. So I've been to your grounds and you've got a fabulous fairgrounds there. Lots of improvements improvements to the facilities over the years. Just before we jump into our subject today, tell us a little bit about how that fairgrounds is utilized throughout the year. Great. So uh, we had a fairgrounds on the east side of our town uh, city. Uh, we're kind of like Minneapolis, St. Paul, but it's called Bloomington Normal, two cities that have grown into each other. Uh, we were on the east side of town. We sold that 55 acres over a number of years. Um, and we're planning to move even further east yet because uh, the board was smart enough to buy 100 acres, planning to move the grounds. But in a series of events from a local developer, we actually traded the 100 acres for 170 acres on the west side of town. In that process of us building a new fairgrounds in 1996 and opened in 1997, uh, we actually partnered with both cities. We got a million dollars from each. We built a great big large expo facility. And that's how we put our um, 
pin in the map uh, at that time. We opened our first fair on the west side of town in 1997, and uh, and that in the Farm Bureau owned that through a for-profit corporation that they created called Interstate Center. Uh, the down market 2008, 9, 10 collapsed that business, so we folded it, but we kept the fairgrounds and brought the land and buildings back into a land trust, and therefore that is a land trust. So it's the Farm Bureau, the fair, and a land trust that own and operate this whole thing is what's incorporated into this piece. Brand new, it's 1997 built. Uh, we have another building that was built in 2004. Um, we have about 57,000 square foot of indoor commercial exhibit space. We have 32 acres of fairgrounds proper, includes all of our large um, pavilions or barns, outdoor riding space, um, horse uh, arena, grandstand and the whole work. So we, we do have a very nice facility and uh, we're fortunate we're able to maintain it one by the five day fair that we have and the money we draw in, but it's also Marla, as you indicated, it's the other 85 events that we have throughout the year that is able to draw in as much money as that we gross from our county fair. So we're fortunate to be able to have that. Um, we were busy 90, excuse me, we were busy 43 weekends a year um, on our property and occasional weekday events. So we're able to keep it busy. And I also manage those contracts. We don't put on those events. The only event I help manage is the county fair. We rent the grounds out uh, to uh, other customers throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, but you do yeah. have, as I recall, you have a, some staff then that like maintenance staff, operations staff that helps, keeps the buildings up and um, cleans up after events, right? All of that. Yeah, we have a, I have a full-time maintenance facilities manager and then about five part-time guys. And actually of those five, three of them have other jobs and they come and work for me because they enjoy the grounds and what we do here. Um, the, my bookkeeper for the fair is also my Farm Bureau bookkeeper. My two part-time receptionists for the Farm Bureau, uh, one of them actually uh, does contracts for me. The other one then also does my commercial exhibitor contracts and communications with them as well as my uh, food vendors during the fair. Exactly. It's great. Well, that's just fantastic. And, and I, you just have a great operation there. I'd encourage anyone listening to stop by and visit the facilities uh, and visit your fair because they're very nice, tremendous assets, I know, for your community. Well, I had the chance to visit your fair briefly in the non-fair year in 2020. Uh, I was en route on some travels and uh, you had some, some food going on and, and obviously served your livestock. And then in 21, you went back and had a real fair and I had a chance to pop by once again in, in my travels. So I was there on the last day and we, you and I, we were walking around and you were showing me things and you told me a story about partnering with a local not-for-profit organization that really captured my imagination. And I thought all aspects of that were something that is worth sharing with our, our um, members and other listeners. And so today we want to talk about this one great idea for a local community partnership. So why don't you set the stage and, and, and tell us a little bit about this event? Great. You know, it's been exciting. Um, as we get through the story, you'll know that um, as well that we are continuing that this next year. Um, it's gone off well, uh, put extra money in our pocket, and I met with the family to do this. So it all started actually in uh, 2009. Um, a local family 
was hosting a planning to host a uh, their second annual fundraiser. It was a music festival in a small community just about 17 miles north of Bloomington and Normal. Um, and we had a lot of rain that summer of that spring of 2019. And I got a call on a Tuesday and it was from somebody who was assisting them. They knew of our property and what we were capable of hosting. And in that process, they said, all this, with all this rain, our parking lot is flooded and we're not gonna be able to host the event at this small community festival um, near, near town. <clears throat> so I said, so what's their needs? I said, well, we don't know if it's gonna rain this weekend. So we'd like to have indoor space. So we moved them into a 30,000 square foot facility um, and they put all this on in four days. So everything they had planned for, for outdoors, they moved indoors. So we were able to set up their stage or bring their sound, the lights in, had to get the approval from uh, Maddie and Tay, who was their guest entertainer for that weekend um, and some other artists. And of course we figured out, we didn't have an alcohol license at the time, but took care of that. And um, they had a host of their event in late June. Six months, six weeks later, when we had our county fair um, at the concert, I noticed them standing on the track uh, at our concert. And my mind lit up as I say, this is where I'm going with all of this. They hosted their own event, paid for all their sounds and lights and entertainment and liquor license and all those details. Six weeks later, I was doing the exact same thing. <laughs> and I talked to them. I called them up after the fair and I said, hey, listen, we need to talk. I said, what's the chance you could bring your music festival to our county fair? And I'd have to say this was my great aha moment to say I brought them in. But I'll actually have to say it was the fact that for 13 or 14 years, I've been attending the IAFE conference and I heard many of these same unique ideas presented and speakers saying, partner with people, be creative, do what's good. And sometimes I have to say, we got to be a little unselfish and say, it's not all about me. And so we sat down uh, in October, November of 19, and we planned for 2020. So we were getting our entertainment lined up, who was going to do what. And finally, we decided we're going to share all the expenses. We're going to we're going to share the revenue and figure out what we were going to do. Well, 2020 became, became a dumpster fire. It went into the pit. And now looking back here a year later, I can say that was to our benefit because it allows us to plan a little bit better. Uh, we actually switched agencies in the process of doing that. The one agency was going to book entertainment. We switched. And what a wonderful change that is. And maybe if I remember at the end of this conversation, um, I'll get to that point. But we sat down, uh, planned all of it, and they, they're a money-making machine because their benefit is to raise money for college scholarships. It's in honor of their son who was in a single car accident, a tragic accident, died basically instantly in it. And with that, um, and they, they're business owners in communities, so they know lots of people and lots of businesses can raise funds real, quite easily far better than I can even as a fair and me doing this for 17 years. But I had all the facilities. I had all the connections. I didn't, I knew the backstage. I knew how to get everything done, which they didn't because they're shoe business salesman people is what they are. They're not into entertainment or facilities business. So when we came together, it was a, it was a hit. Uh, we were able to book our entertainment, uh, bring in and organize uh, at a cheaper price for stage hand labor 
sound and lights, video boards, and all that. We upgraded our stage because of the sharing of dollars that was going in. I remember, Marla, we sat down the week before the fair this year, and we said, where are we at? And we did this on a regular basis, but they money was really starting to roll in. We sat down and counted all of our expenses for our main entertainment. It was $62,000 is what it was. Sound, lights, stage, labor, hotels, food, everything we could think of that was going to be in this. And we said, I said, so where are you at? And they told them, it says we're at $66,000 is what they had already raised. They were already $4,000 over uh, on just sponsorships before we ever got to anybody walking in the gate, buying food, buying beer and all that. So it was a win-win. Um, and not to say that they were fortunate at breaking even um, to do that as well, but um, we were able to put money in the bank this year, which we normally don't. That is fabulous, Mike. Well, we're going to take a short break here for a message from our sponsor, eTix. But when we come back, we're going to dig just a little bit deeper and, and talk about the success of this event. Over 100 fairs across North America trust eTix as their total ticketing and marketing partner. Visit hello.etix.com to learn about cashless solutions for rides and games, free custom websites, cash drawer management, and client support every step of the way. Hello.etix.com. Welcome back. My guest today is Mike Swartz from the McLean County Fair in Bloomington, Illinois. And we're talking about one great idea for partnering uh, in the local community for success. And so, as you know, Mike's been telling us about a, uh, a charity, uh, a, a, some parents that had created a festival to honor their son uh, who had died in a car accident. They were producing their own event. Mike had the uh, the idea when he saw them at the fair to come back and partner together. And in 21, they pulled it off. So um, already before the fair has started, you've already, they have already raised enough money to cover the cost. So what were the next steps? How did the, how did this go forward? So in the midst of all this, um, the event went off. Um, we did not have the crowd as we had expected. We had great attendance at our fair this year, probably all time high carnival income, food income, grandstand income. Um, we didn't see it. And we didn't know if it was because we overpriced the ticket um, because it was actually the uh, yeah, Bud Music Festival at the McLean County Fair is how we touted it. The cost for the ticket included admission into the fair. I waived that so that the money could go into the pot. All those pieces that accumulated into trying to grow the gross revenue of this event. And um, it worked well. So as we finished this year, we gave ourselves about a month, came back, wrapped things up and started looking at our numbers. And the numbers were good. We tripled our beer at our grandstand for our normal concerts, what we had done. We saw some increases in food for those nights that was there. And we said, Are we, do we want to do this again? And we recognized in part of our conversation that to grow it, we actually needed to pay more for entertainment. We need to get a bigger entertainer. So we spent about uh, $45,000 on entertainment. We realized that we need to go to $75,000 or $100,000 potentially to get more people was at risk. And that's where you're at. And they said, we don't particularly want to go that high. And I said, well, what's the chance being creative? We Our fair takes a greater percentage of that. Because in my fair board wrap up, after our fair, just a week later, my board said, really recognized the attendance was low, but the interest is extremely high. 
So we went ahead and my board had approved, go ahead and spend more money. Um, but I will tell you that just in the last six weeks, I've met back with the family and they have agreed that we're going to split all expenses and income again this year, 50-50. So it, it's exciting to know. And we were holding money for them that we we're going to distribute to them after our fiscal year. And just in the last six weeks, they had said, just keep the money. That's seed money for next year. So they don't have to expend as much money out of their pocket or the foundation's dollars to do that. So they must feel comfortable where they're at um, and to move forward and spending more money on entertainment. We've got some bids in for a minimum of a $60,000 entertainer and uh, some then some subsidiary entertainment that might go with it. Mm -hmm. We look forward, I look forward to moving ahead with them. We hope it grows. Uh, with this, um, we're very fortunate. I kind of rabbit track real quick. Um, the new agency that we got here local, we had been using somebody out of Nashville, but the local agency actually puts on a large concert series here in central Illinois called Tailgate and Tall Boys. Um, and they, in those events alone, uh, bring in about $5 million to the local economy alone. Oh, wow. So these guys then are talking to us to say, what do we do to bring somewhat of a tailgate and tall boys style event to our fair? So I'm excited, but I don't want to be too exuberant about where this potentially could go. I could take one year at a time. I still need it to cash flow. I still need to get some uh, my board buy-in. I still need the community to buy in. And we look forward to potentially seeing where this does go in the next three to five years with, um, the agency of actually putting money into our fair, not just being a promoter of it. Boy, that's fabulous. Sounds like an absolutely wonderful opportunity. So I, I, I think it was interesting, as I recall our conversation, there were several, just besides the cash, there were several win-wins in conjunction with this. The Yabba Festival brought perhaps some new people to the fair that hadn't come before because they had their own following. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, they already at their event would bring um, 600, 700 prepaid people, but in total they have about a thousand people. And they were able to ask, because um, never before had we created different sections of our grandstand, you know, standing right there, we may call it a mosh pit or right at the mm -hmm. stage, you know, they're selling it for $200 when they, prior to our facility, we reduced the price because we couldn't create as much of that same environment, but we want to get there. So we reduced our price this year, but we are already talking about having a VIP section, includes special seating, includes food, includes so many drinks and growing that aspect of it. And then there's another layer, the, the second standing part on the track. And then of course, grandstand seating, but we have to be creative. And um, mm -hmm. I'm fortunate that I was attentive enough at a lot of the IFE conventions and, and the sessions that I was able to say, what can I do to take those ideas and bring them forward to my fair? And that's an encouragement to other people. Just listen, what's going on in your community? What can you bring from your community to your facility? Is it a, is it a local barbecue fest that you could bring to your county fair? Um, let them keep their autonomy, but it's all about, my job is about getting people to the fairgrounds. And this partnership brings more people to the fairgrounds that I hadn't had before. Making the where the county fair and um, that's what's unique about that partnership. New people, new bodies, um, trying to create the next generation of fairgoers 
Um, and this is just another way to do that. And at the same time, doing a lot of good in the community because the the Yabud Festival kept on giving their college scholarships, correct? And that is correct. Yeah, they've was been that successful. A, a nice PR tactic for you? Did you get any uptick on uh, maybe some media or social media coverage because of that? I did. I was able to weave that into some of our concert promotions that we had here locally. Um, but I let them really have that vocal sound. I'm not the best spokesman, but when you have a mother and father who are passionate about representing their son and the love of life that he had, he had just passed away three months after his high school graduation. So it was a tragic event. Kids are moving on, trying to go to college and make their next step in life. So they, they have a wonderful story about how they're keeping him alive. So, and I tried to represent that well here and make sure that they had their mission statement up. And it was all about him and their fundraising. And it wasn't about our fair. Just so happened that the fair benefited on the backside because we had more people on our grounds. Yeah, to me, that is that is just the true nugget of that story and uh, literally just a win-win all the way around. Very creative on your part to create that, that partnership. And I'm glad that it's going to go forward. Has it... Uh, put any other ideas in your head about other ways you might be able to, to do something similar, either in the context of the fair or in perhaps shared revenue at an event non-fair? It has. Um, I haven't quite approached the entities for that, but um, had some success um, in considerations to say, what do we do to bring a barbecue fest to our fair? What do we do with the Hispanic community on a Sunday night when we're typically down what can we do to make those partnerships to get, again, I need to bring people to the grounds so they spend money. That's what my real job is to, to get people there. And this is just an opportunity for us to, to do that is to look and I've been looking the same thing. How can I bring the local arts festival to our grounds? What can I do to bring um, a farmer's market to our grounds for one day that has unique foods or what do I do for fundraising fest for back to school? Um, that's, that's one of the conversations I've had is, how do I grow our back to school program in our local communities? What can we do that at the fair? That's fabulous. I just think it's wonderful and, and so appreciate uh, so appreciate what you've done in the community. Appreciate the shout outs that you've given to IFE and the fact that you're a very active and engaged member. And uh, for those uh, listeners maybe not familiar with McLean County Fair has been a significant award winner in the past in uh, our agriculture competitions with some very uh, innovative ag education that is core to that fair. So any parting shots or recommendations, Mike, on on tips to any other fair managers that might want to, to launch into one creative partnership? I think you just have to keep your eyes open and say, what if, could you bring that event? Let them keep their autonomy, just like we did. It's the Yeah Bud Music Festival at the McLean County Fair. And then you can add all the other sponsorships, you know, sponsored by. And um, I think uh, if we're going to continue to grow our community, so we have about 170,000 in our county, we get about 38,000 paid through our gate. I know I can grow that. And how I grow that is the diversity um, is be unique and creative the best you can. And that's encourage people to do that as well. Even if they have a community of 40,000 people or 4 million people, uh, how do you draw them in and be a melting pot of your community? Because that's what fairs really are. Absolutely. Perfect, perfect way to end this, Mike. Thanks again to Mike Swartz, McLean County Fair, Bloomington, Illinois, for being our very special guest today. Thank you for joining us for Marla by the Numbers, brought to you by Etix. 
To find out more about the IAFE and our members, please visit fairsandexpos.com or our Facebook page, IAFE The Network.